Hello and welcome to the Building Christian Fellowship Podcast. We are very excited that you have decided to tune in today and pray you are blessed by today's message. Come with them because the world itself will tell you there's a God. And whether they acknowledge a God or not, they're worshiping some form of God in their lives, whether it be themselves, whether it be money or whatever other God there is. We learned also that God himself desires to walk with his people, so he ordered our agreement steps according to Psalms 37 and 23. It says the steps of a good man or righteous man are ordered by the Lord, and he delighteth in his way. So God ordered our steps. Why did he order our steps? He ordered our steps because those steps that he ordered are going to walk along next to him, and they're agreement steps. You can't walk in the steps that God's order unless you agree with God for the plan that he has for your life. Make sense? So if you're walking in the plan that God's ordered for you and the steps that he's ordered for you, then you're walking in agreement with God, then you can walk with God. But if you're walking in your own steps, you're not agreeing with God. It's, it's so many of us, and I'm just talking about us here in church, say that we agree with God, but we're on our own path. Well, you don't agree with God. You're acknowledging his existence. You're acknowledging that he is who he is, but yet you're still doing your own thing. That's not agreement. I love the rest of that scripture that says, and he delighteth in his way. God is happy when a person walks in the steps that he's ordered for you. He delighteth in it. It makes him happy. He's excited about it. And when he's excited, it's because he wants to be in fellowship with you. How do we know God wants to be in fellowship with us? Because he sent his only begotten son, Jesus Christ, to die on the cross so that we could be back in fellowship with him. It's God's desire. But you can't be in fellowship with him on your own terms. You have to be in agreement. Now, with that being said, just real briefly, just by a shout of praise, who in here believes in Jesus Christ? That's what I'm talking about. I'm going to wake somebody up. Who agrees with the word of God? All right, now, let me ask you this. How many people in here believe the same God that got you out of your mess yesterday is the same God that will get you out of your mess today? You guys believe it? Do you agree with God's word? Woo. God is good. Yes. Turn to 2 Corinthians. We're going to start with this week's message. 2 Corinthians chapter 12. And before I get into this, I just for some of you that don't know me or know anything about me, this scripture is very near and dear to my heart. All of the word is, but there's some scriptures that personify your life. The more you get into God's word, you'll find a theme scripture for your life. It, it's just like you go, to, you, walk, you go to the movies and the superhero walks in, and when the superhero walks in, there's theme music. The, the, the entrance wouldn't be so grand unless the theme music came. Dun, 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 all that, right? It's like, okay, he's the hero. But sometimes God will allow you to have a theme scripture that brings emphasis on your life. It brings emphasis on your very being and existence. 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 5 through 10. It says, of such a one I will boast, yet of myself I will not boast except 
in my infirmities. For though I might desire to boast, I will not be a fool. For I will speak the truth, but I will refrain, lest anyone should think of me above what seems to be or hears from me. And lest I should be exalted above measure by the abundance of revelations, a thorn in my flesh was given to me, a messenger of Satan to buffet me, lest I be exalted above measure. Now concerning this thing, listen very carefully, concerning this thing, I pleaded, I begged, I beseeched with the Lord three times that he might depart from me. And God said to me, my grace is sufficient for you. Let me read that again. My grace is sufficient for you. For my strength is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, most gladly, I will rather boast in my infirmities that the power of Christ will rest upon me. Therefore, I take pleasures. This is crazy. I take pleasures in my infirmities. I take pleasure in my reproaches. I take pleasure in my needs. And I take pleasure in persecutions and distress for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, then I am strong. Amen. Now, I'm going to get personal this morning, if I may. If you guys know me, you guys know about my cardiomyopathy. Idiopathic, dilated cardiomyopathy with an ejection fraction of 19%. What does that mean? It means my heart is so large and stretched out that it only pumps 19% of what it should. I'm in what's called heart failure. And up until last year, because of this heart condition, I always had to drive to Palo Alto, all the way out to Palo Alto, to go see a specialist, which I thank God for. It's a cardiac transplant specialist. Now, as the disease in my heart, my chest has been progressing, getting worse, instead of going once a year, I now have to go twice a year because they want to check up on me. They, they look at me, and they don't know if it's going to just get bad real quick or if it's just going to just stay. So they want to see me more often. Uh, if you guys know this or not, I have a defibrillator pacemaker in my chest. I've had it in there since 2009. And you guys, you have to understand something. I thank God for the doctors, but I hate going to see them. It causes an anxiety for me. If a month out, I know I got this appointment. And the week before, if some of you guys will notice me, I begin to act different. I'm not as patient. I seem distant. And some of you guys may not notice it, and some of you guys do, but it happens. I'm sorry. I'm human. I love the Lord. I'm, I'm, I've been baptized. I'm filled with the Holy Ghost, and I speak in other tongues. But there's some things that cause me a little anxiety sometimes. Because every time I go to the doctor, it's never good news. I've never heard the doctor look at me and go, guess what? You're healed. I remember one time... Uh, 
I never wanted my wife to go inside the doctor's room with me because I lean on her for strength sometimes. But I didn't want her to hear the news that I've been hearing for years. One time I went in, and because I was in the medical field, the nurse practitioner that was sitting there with me that works with the cardiologist says to me, listen to these technical medical terms she used to describe my condition. Your heart is crappy. Your heart is crappy. Thanks. What am I supposed to do with this information? But it was nothing but bad news. And the same fact that I know my heart is failing, that maybe who knows when I'll need a heart transplant. Who knows? But do you realize that during this time, up until the week, I got to go hear this bad news from these people. They never say anything good. But even up until then, I still have to prepare to teach on Sundays. I have to lead and maintain an organization that has such a major impact on people's lives. I can't just stop. Because of me. I got an excuse. I can't afford to stop. I can't afford to break down. Let alone, I have to show strength to my children who are watching their daddy very closely. I have to show strength to my beautiful wife who's already trying to be strong herself for me. She's watching for my reaction. She's trying to encourage me. She tries to encourage me the best way she can. But when she comes into the office, I remember the first time she came in there and she heard everything that the doctor said, she did really good. And when we walked out, I saw fear grip her life. She just looked at me and she just began to cry. Like, for the first time you hear them what they have to say, you're like, you're, you're a walking dead man. 19% should be in a wheelchair. You should have oxygen on. You should be laying in a hospital bed somewhere. But my wife began to cry, but yet she's still trying to encourage me. Now listen, saints, with all this happening to me, everything going on simultaneously, I tend to be more focused on the cup that I have to drink from. This cup of suffering, sometimes I tend to focus more on this cup of suffering. When really... I'm missing out on which this cup is served to me. I'm missing out on thanking God for the table that was served on. I'm missing out thanking God for the chair that I'm sitting at at the table. I'm missing out on thanking God for the house that the table's at that the chair is sitting on. I'm missing out on thanking God for the family that I have in this house where the table's sitting, where the chair is at. I tend to focus on the cups so more that I forget about the beautiful wife that I prayed for and the family that is uh, an, 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 an expression of the love that my wife and I have for another. We have kids. But I'm focused so much on this cup that I miss out on everything else. Mm, mm. I tend to focus so much on this cup that I miss out on the amazing family that we have here at the Building Christian Fellowship. 
But if I focus more on, if you notice, it's just a cup. But I have a family. I have a wife. I have kids. I have a church to go to. I have a house. I got a table. I got a chair to sit at. But I'm focused on this cup. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. My grace is sufficient for you. Some of us tend to think that grace is just a distributor of good gifts. We think that grace only gives good things. Yeah, it was by your grace, God, that you kept me. And it was by your grace, God, that you saved me. And it was by your grace, God, that I made it here today. And all this is true. But it was also God's grace that gave you that thorn in your flesh. Yes, there's levels to grace. You guys hear people talking, oh, there's levels to this thing. Well, there's levels to grace. The same grace that gave you the good things is the same grace that's going to keep you while you're having bad things that happen to you. So you have to admit, God, God's grace will have you pray during your troubled times. See, it's God's grace on you that causes you to begin to pray and, and call out to him. And I'm not talking about how we do here on Tuesday when we're grabbing each other's hands and, and God, we thank you. No, I'm talking about those kind of prayers when you're driving down the street and there's tears streaming down your eyes and you're going, God, I need you right now. I don't know. I don't know if you guys ever done that. When you've been in the kitchen cleaning or cooking or cleaning your house and I don't know what's happened to you, but it causes you to cry out to God. Tears in your face. Grace. It's that kind of grace when you're mowing your lawn and you think that I can't make it. I'm not going to make it to the next level, God, unless you pour more grace out on me. Listen to this. Watch this. The Bible says in James 1 and 17, it says, Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above. Every good gift. You guys hearing me about something? If something's going to cause you, I don't care if it's trouble, but if it causes you to get closer to God, then it must be a good gift. I'm going to try to maintain myself because today I was trying to figure out how, God, am I going to preach people to people about grace that I'm receiving? It's hard to kind of preach to people about grace when they don't realize the grace that they're living in. The devil isn't dumb enough to do something to you to cause you to get closer to God. He ain't that stupid. See, he realizes there's things that he'll do to you that will cause you to run to the feet of Jesus. And that's the last thing he wants. But what he's trying to do is to get you to forget about the grace of God. He wants you to focus on the cup and not on the table, not on the chair, not on the house, not on the family. He wants you to forget about the grace that gave you the thorn. Yes, saints, it's by grace that it happened to you. But it's by God's grace that he's keeping you while it's happening to you. See, listen, one woman might look at you and might say, it's by God's grace that my kids have been raised with their father. But another woman might look at you and say this. 
It's by God's grace I was able to raise my children on my own. <laughs> Neither one of them are lying. It's just a different level of grace that they're dealing with. See, when you begin to understand grace, you'll see that you should be thankful for everything that God has given to you. Is there anybody in here for, thankful for the grace of God that's on their lives? Is there somebody in here that can give God a praise for the grace that is on their lives? See, when I look at the Apostle Paul, we, we begin to see something. If we look back at verse 8, we can see that at this point, the Apostle Paul wasn't truly understanding the grace of God on his life. Paul says this, concerning this trouble, concerning this situation, concerning this circumstance, concerning this thorn that's in my flesh, he asked God to remove it. See, Paul at this point wasn't aware of the grace of God that was on his life. See, that's like so many of us sometimes. When something bad happens to us, the first thing we do is ask God to take it away. And it's okay. Even the apostle Paul, the apostles of all apostles, got to the point that he said, God, concerning this thing that's in my flesh, and we don't know what it was, but it was obviously something that other people could see. He said, God, three times, remove it. But when Paul heard the voice of the Lord, he believed the Lord. Let me back that up. When Paul heard the voice of the Lord, he agreed with the voice of the Lord. And I hate to be redundant, but Paul's belief wasn't just acknowledging God's existence. But when Paul heard the voice of the Lord, he agreed with the voice of the Lord. When God said to him, my grace is sufficient for thee, in your weakness, my strength is made perfect. Paul believed him on the first time. He said that three times I asked him. So on the first time, he believed. The second time, he believed. But on the third time, he agreed. And when he agreed, he received the revelation of God's grace. When Paul agreed with God, he began to see the level of grace that was in his life. And that's why he said this, because if you see, he went from, God, take this away from me, and then take this away from me, and God, take this away from me. He heard, my grace is sufficient for you. And then once he heard the Lord, once he agreed with God, then he moved on to the next level. And this is what he says. This is how we know he realized it. Watch this. He says, therefore, most gladly will I rather boast in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Therefore, I will boast in my infirmities. I will boast being broke. I will boast being alone. I'll boast being sick. So that the power of God rests upon me. Now, you guys are sitting there, what is the power? I want power. Well, do you know what the power is? According to Romans 1 and 16. For I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation. When you have the gospel of Jesus Christ in your life, you have the power of God on your life. When you have the power of God on your life, you have the grace of God on your life. And when you recognize the grace of God on your life, then you could be like the Apostle Paul and say this, Therefore, I will take pleasure in my infirmities, in my reproaches, in my needs, in my persecutions, and in my distresses. For Christ's sake. For Christ's sake. 
For when I am weak, then I am strong. Saints of God, the scripture says that when you're suffering, you better be doing it for Christ's sake. Some of us in here have been suffering for our own sake. We want people to see how strong we are. And that's one definite way to frustrate the grace of God on your life. Sometimes we want to see people, nope, I'm strong, I'm fine. Do you know sometimes letting people know that you ain't fine is okay? Do you know it's okay to look at somebody and break down and say, I don't know if I'm making it. I, instead of sitting there faking everything, and then, listen to this, I'm sorry, some of you guys are super holy, but I'm about to bust your holy bubble. I'm faithing it. You ain't faithing it, you faking it. You're breaking down. I can see it. I can discern it. You're in trouble. And it's okay to say, I'm in trouble. I need help. See, it's not until you, I think I said this last week. You need to admit sometimes when you're in trouble so that when you reveal it, God can heal it. But if you keep hiding it and burying it, usually if you want something to grow, you bury it. A seed will only grow if you bury it. That's why the Bible says to get out every root of bitterness from out of you, lest it spring up and defile many. There's stuff that you're burying that's just waiting to come up. It's waiting to bear lots of fruit. Don't frustrate the grace of God. If you're going to suffer, suffer for Christ's sake. There's levels to grace. John 1 and 16 says this. For from his fullness we have received grace upon grace. That sounds like levels to me. Grace upon grace upon grace upon grace. There's got to be levels that I'm getting to. There's, there's levels of grace that God wants me to achieve and get to. God desires us um, to experience every level of grace he has for us. But you can't go from one level of grace until you recognize the level of grace you're in now. Is there anybody in here just wants just right now, wants to thank God for the level of grace that you're at just right now? Yeah, everything is not good. Everything is not going on. I may not be healthy. I may not be wealthy. I may be alone, but I'm going to thank God for the grace that is on my life right now. Hallelujah. In second, I mean, in first Samuel, there's this woman that some of us may know. Her name's Hannah. Do you guys realize that the word Hannah translates grace and favor? Grace and favor. You got a name like grace and favor, but yet you can't seem to find any grace or favor from God when it comes to having a child. Because Hannah, the Bible declares that Hannah's womb was shut up. Somebody say shut up. That's rude. That's rude. But her womb was shut up, which means she couldn't have any children at that time. On the outside, we will look at this whole story and we'll say, poor Hannah, she can't have any children. But if we focus on what she didn't have, we'll miss out on the level of grace that she did have in her life. 
because we always tell this story. We don't tend to focus on everything that she does. What we see is a woman that was hurt and broken because she didn't have a child. She desired to have a child, but we don't look at everything that she did have. If you look at one, she had a great husband. The Bible declared that he loved her. Something else she had. Her husband, I mean, her home was a really nice home. She was prosperous. So we see that she had a good husband. Well, she was married, and she had a good husband who loved her the most, and she came from out of a prosperous house. But instead, what do we like to look at? What she didn't have instead of what she had. The same grace that gave you the good is the same grace that is sufficient to keep you in your lack. See, Hannah had a level of grace upon her life, and I believe she recognized it. Now, I don't know if some of you guys in here might have ever found yourself like Hannah and, and where you have many things to be thankful for. You guys thankful for some things in your life? You got things in your life, you're like, man, God, you have blessed me, blessed me, blessed me. But there's still just something in your life that you haven't experienced yet, and you almost feel bad to even ask God for it. It's like, God, you've been so good to me, but there's still one level of grace that I want to experience before I die. Has anybody ever been there? Yes, 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 yes. It, it, it's levels that I want to experience. It's like, yes, God, I thank you for the grace that you've given me to be single. But, but before I die, I want the experience to the level of grace to be married. Or, God, I thank you for the grace that you've given me to have a job. But before I die, God, can you allow me to experience me being a, 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 a business owner? And, and God, I, I thank you for the level of grace that's on my life um, that, that, that you allow me to be who I am today, but and, and I thank you for the, the, the apartment that I live in. And, and, but if you will, if it be in your will, God, will you allow me to get to the next level of grace to be a homeowner? God, I'm thankful for everything I have, but I still, there's something else I desire. But you know, sometimes we got to get to that point where it's like, God, but if you don't allow me to experience it. I'm still going to praise you. God, if you don't heal this body in this life, I'm still going to give you praise. If my heart never gets back to its normal size, I, I'm still going to praise you. If I, if I don't even live to get a heart transplant, I'm going to praise you all the way up until that day. I, I want to experience health again. But if I don't, I'm still going to praise you. See, sometimes God doesn't give us those things, but, but I know it says in his word, and I can trust it, and I agree that the Bible says that God wouldn't put more on me than I can handle. And with every temptation I may encounter, there might be a temptation to frustrate the grace of God. There might be a temptation to forget about the grace of God that's on my life. I might, there might be a temptation for all these things, but God, you said you would give me the grace to endure it. If I don't get healed, you're going to give me the grace to walk through it. If I don't get a house, you'll give me a grace to walk through it. If I don't get a husband or a wife, you'll give me a grace to walk through it. If I'm never a business owner, you're going to give me the grace to work at another job. <laughs> Hannah was at that level of grace that said this. 
God, I thank you for keeping me. I thank you for everything that you give me. I thank you for keeping me while my womb was shut up. But if it be your will, allow me to experience the next level of grace. Watch this. This is what she said. 1 Samuel 1.11. She says, remember me and not forget your maidservant. But will give your maidservant a male child. Then I will give him to the Lord all the days of his life. It's funny how something she felt so empty about, she just wanted the experience. She said, it's not, I don't want it for my sake. I just want the experience. And if you allow me to have the experience, I'm going to give it back to you. See, Abraham believed and agreed with God. And he had the grace to give back Isaac. Hannah believed and agreed with God and had the grace to give back Samuel. Do you agree with God? To say, God, if you give me the money, I'll give it back to you. If you give me the business, God, I'll give it back to you. If you give me the house, God, I'll give it back to you. If you give me the car, God, I'll give it back to you. You can't experience that next level of grace to say that you will and honestly do it until you recognize the level of grace you're at now. So many of us say, God, if you give me that job, I'll give it back to you. So many of us say, God, if you give me that husband or that wife, I'll give them back to you. As I bring this to a close, I have a question for you guys. What are you holding on to? What cup are you focusing on? What has God given you that he wants you to give back to him? God will give you the grace. God will give you the grace to whatever he's given you. You guys look at me, this right here. This can represent sickness, the thorn in your flesh. This represents poverty. This represents your husband, your wife, your loneliness. God gave it to you. You see, I'm holding on to it, right? He'll give you the grace to drop it at his feet. And when you let stuff go, God has given us this awesome reminder about grace. And when I'm holding something, you can't see my fingers. But when I let it go, when my hand is empty, I see five fingers. Five is the number of grace. When I drop it at his feet, I begin to see my hands and I see that God has reminded me that even in my emptiness, he's still giving me grace. God is showing me that even with my hands open, 
he's given me grace. And that when my hand is open with grace, it's a sign of surrender. Because when I surrender to God, I lift up the grace that he's given me. And I begin to worship him with grace. Five fingers remind me of the grace of God that is on my life. Today, will you recognize the grace of God that's on your life? Will you recognize where you're at right now is no, nobody's fault. It ain't the devil trying to stop you. It's God himself bestowing the next level of grace on your life. Some of you guys are on the edge right now of grace, and God wants to get you to the next level of grace. All you have to do is just admit where you're at and thank God for the grace that he's given you to step into your destiny of a new level of grace. God, I may never be healed. I may never get married. I may never have the house. I may never have the car. I might always be broke. And I thank you because you wouldn't put more on me than, than, than I can handle. But you said you would give me more grace. <laughs> Today, will you agree with Jesus Christ and receive the gift of grace to have life and life more abundantly? And once you receive this new life, Will you give it back to him? Saints of God, stand to your feet. I'm gonna I'm gonna say this right now because I'm gonna end this with this. And I'm gonna try hard not to get into my old Pentecostal self. So I was at the doctor. They ran the blood work. Blood work says it's getting worse. Look at the echocardiogram. It's getting worse. Did the examination. It's getting worse. I got on the treadmill and put this mask on my face. And I had to sit there and wait because anxiety is building up. And if you know if anything's on your face, it keeps you from breathing normally. Anxiety builds up even more. So they get in to do the test and they turn the machine on. The machine begins to raise, elevate. And I keep walking and walking and walking. And it keeps elevating. And all I could start thinking about was, God, I thank you for this grace you've given me that I will walk and I won't be weary. I shall run and not be faint. And after it was all said and done, I asked the doctor, well, doc, what does it look like? I'm just waiting for some bad news. And the doc looks at me, he goes, I don't even know why they sent me down here. He said, they're going to pay me to look at it, but I don't understand it. It's normal. How can you, with such a bad heart function, with such a large heart, be able to put out so much energy and aggression? And I began to think of the goodness of God. And I began to say, I said, listen, you can do the tests. You can do the examinations. But there is no test. There is no examination that can weigh and show the grace of God that is on my life.
am here because of grace. So therefore, I will boast in my infirmities. I will boast in my lack. I will boast in my needs. Now I understand what Job said. Lord, though you slay me, yet will I trust you. It's grace. It's grace. Amazing grace. How sweet the sound <laughs> that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now I'm found. <laughs> was blind, but now I see. <laughs> it was grace that taught my heart to fear, and grace my fears relieved. How precious did this grace appear the hour, watch this, I first believed. The hour I first agreed. I agree with the word of God. I agree with what the Lord has spoken over me. That he said, my grace is sufficient. My grace is enough. You don't need anything else but my grace on your life. And I have given you grace personified in my son, Jesus Christ, that if you receive him, you shall have life and life more abundantly. And when you get that life, will you lay it back down at my feet? Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, we thank you for grace. Forgive us for ever frustrating your grace. But Lord, today we receive this grace. We humble ourselves under the mighty hand of God. We humble ourselves under your five fingers of grace. The right hand, your power and authority. Your right hand, Jesus Christ. We surrender to you right now. And we thank you for grace. God, you said you would give us more grace if we would just humble ourselves. Today we say we need more grace. And we thank you, Lord, for keeping us. We thank you, Lord, that we will get through this, Lord, with you. That you ordered these steps. And you're delighted in our ways that we are walking in. So we thank you for this grace. Lord, we love you. We thank you. In Jesus' name. Amen. Somebody give God a praise. Give God a praise. If you thank God for the grace of God on your life, you'll begin to praise him. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for tuning into our podcast today. And if you would like to know more information about our church, please visit thebuildingcf.com or download our app on all major app stores and marketplaces. Once again, thank you and have a blessed day.